Hello everyone, it's Kat again, and welcome back to So Below, Healing Trauma with Respect to Our Duality. I start today's episode with a heavy heart. Um, Today we're going to be talking about religious trauma syndrome. I wasn't planning on discussing this right away, but one of the reasons I decided to go with it right now is because in America right now, every single woman is feeling religious trauma syndrome. We were all just told by the overruling of Roe versus Wade that a gun has more rights than we do. This is coming from someone who is very pro-gun and very grateful to live in a state where I can conceal and carry without a permit, without worry that I'm going to get in trouble for having a gun to protect myself. I love that I can protect myself. But a piece of metal should not have more rights than my daughter. My daughter should not be being sent out into a world where she has less rights than her grandmother did. But that's the world we just woke up to today. We woke up to a world where our daughters don't have the same rights that their mothers did to choose. Where a 14-year-old girl can be forced to carry a pregnancy to term that was brought on by incest or brought on by rape. That girl can be forced into motherhood. But what about the consequences for the person who hurt her? I love my two children, but pregnancy was torture for me. And that was for two kids that were planned and wanted and needed and desired. Two kids who were going to come into a home where they were loved. Not two kids that were the product of rape. I'm in shock that we live in a world where a rapist has less consequences than the person who had an abortion as a result of that rape because they didn't want to deal with 10 months of torture and then a life-changing baby. And even if you give a kid up for adoption, you're torn because that's part of you that was out there that you don't want any part of because it's not just part of you, it's part of you and your rapist. Pregnancy was torture for me with wanted babies. I can't imagine if I was forced to carry the pregnancy of somebody who raped me. Having to look down in the face of my child and see the man who forced himself on me, I couldn't imagine that. And our Supreme Court just told 13-year-old girls, 12-year-old girls, 11-year-old girls that are abused and victimized that their abuser is going to get less time than them if they don't want to put themselves through torture for months. Our Supreme Court should be so fucking ashamed of themselves right now. Our women were failed. We were failed in America. This is a failure. And unless you see it that way, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. This had nothing to do with babies. This was about control. Control over women, control over our bodies, and control over our minds. And the reason I'm saying this is religious trauma syndrome that we're feeling right now is because this was brought on by the far-right conservative Christian party. And it's not about Republican or Democrat. I don't give a fuck about either of those. It's the bipartisan system that's destroying our country. But it's about the people that do it in the name of religion, do it in the name of Christ, saying that they're doing this and putting this out there because they're trying to protect the laws of God. That's where I call bullshit. This was brought on by a group of men who decided that even though they can't locate a fucking clitoris, they should have control over your uterus. 
They should have control over your entire reproductive rights. Not realizing that no exceptions means that if their wife is at risk for dying in childbirth, she can't abort that baby. You just have to risk losing your wife. You're just fucked. If this was about babies, it would be about the babies. And they would approve male birth control which they have had several come through that had less side effects than female birth control, but they wouldn't approve them because men can't handle it. But yet women are supposed to just grin and bear it. Did you know that in the state of Utah, if you want to get an ablation because you decide that you don't want children, a choice you should be able to make, they won't let you without a permission slip from your husband. How backwards is that? A husband permission slip. Shouldn't you be talking about kids before you get married? And why not cut it off at the source and make all men get vasectomies right away? They're 100% reversible. It's a minor procedure. Then they can get them reversed when they're ready to have kids, when they're financially stable, when they actually are ready for that responsibility. If that's what it was really about, that's what they would make available. If it was really about the babies, foster cares wouldn't be overrun with children being abused. Gay couples would have no problems adopting and bringing a child into a loving home with two people who genuinely want them. This wouldn't be a problem if it was about the babies, but it's not. It's about controlling women and marginalized groups. And that's why I want to talk about religious trauma syndrome, because it's done in the name of Christ. How backward and twisted are the atrocities done in the name of the world's ultimate hippie? Literally, Jesus taught messages of tolerance, peace, and unconditional love. This badass man who stepped in front of a crowd stoning a woman and stopped them and said, judge, yes, lest you be judged. And yet, his teachings have been perverted into something that has turned into the biggest organization of bullies ever. The Crusades? Would Christ want any of that? No. The freaking Catholic Church cover-ups with the pedophiles, does, the, does Christ want any of that? No. And if your reason for supporting this overturn of Roe versus Wade is religious, I want to ask you something. As somebody who suffered multiple miscarriages, why you're so against aborting a fetus? Ask yourself, would Jesus hold the hand of a little girl who had her entire world stripped away from her? when a man entered her room and stole her innocence. And then she finds out that she's carrying a life inside of her. It makes her sick. It hurts her. Her body is too young to handle it because she is a baby still. Top of that, now someone who hasn't even finished middle school has to figure out how to raise a whole other person. They have to figure out how to provide for and take care of an entire human being, one that has the face of the person who stole everything from them. Do you think Christ would hold that little girl's hand and say, you know what, child, you're just going to have to suffer through it? Because Christ wouldn't give her anything she couldn't handle, right? Right? No. He would hold her hand at the clinic. That's the Christ I know who asked that the little children be brought to him. He wanted to protect his sheep, the littles, the innocents. Supreme Court just told us 
that we're not worth protecting because we don't have a penis. All the children that don't have a pink bow on their head, please come to the front. So what is religious trauma syndrome? First of all, it's not actually recognized as a disorder at the moment. There are a lot of treatments for it. There's a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of research into it, but it hasn't actually been uh, established as a disorder. And a big part of that is probably because of religious groups being big giant bullies. But the definition of RTS is a group of symptoms that arise in response to traumatic or stressful religious experience. Um, and if you have ever heard of conversion therapy, where they basically try to torture away the gay, I don't understand how you could not actually categorize literal torture as trauma, um, as religious trauma, because they're doing it in the name of God. It's a wild concept to me. Taking your own biology and holding it against you and then doing something that Christ would never have a hand in. If you're a Christian evangelical out there trying to tell yourself that it's okay that you hated your gay child and threw them out onto the street, let me tell you this much. I know where you're going. I know exactly where you're going. And it's not pretty. Or extreme Islamic culture where it's okay to stone a woman for being raped. Can you imagine the audacity, the ego, the stupidity that goes into that mindset that says, this woman just suffered something so traumatic that if it happened to you, you wouldn't be okay with it. You wouldn't want to be tortured for that. But yet you go and do that to somebody else. You torture somebody else for experiencing something. Now they're unpure because their virtue is not intact. That wasn't their choice. That was somebody else's choice. And then they get punished for it. It's wild to me the things that have been justified in the name of religion. And those are just some of the extreme cases. But there are other types of trauma that are less severe, but not any less damaging. It may not be that big, giant, they put you in a torture cell and tried to torture you for six months and make you look at porn with straight women and forced you to fuck hookers so that you could, you know, not be gay anymore. It's not like that every religious trauma has to begin like that. If you come from a very tight knit religious community, like I did, when you decide to leave, when you start thinking differently, when you start asking questions, you get shunned. You lose your culture, your identity, a big part of who you are. It is a huge traumatic loss. For me, it felt like a loss of my best friend. I felt betrayed. It was a very hard thing for me to come to terms with the fact that I couldn't justify some of the things that the religion was doing and say that that's the way I'm going to get to heaven because that didn't feel right to me. And leaving that felt so horrible, but it felt better than staying in it. And that's traumatic. Those type of experiences are traumatic. And those traumas can be caused by anything along the lines of weaponized mortality, all the way to shame and guilt and judgment and being made to feel like you're a bad person just because you're different than the people around you. When really it's your differences that make you so wonderful. Some of the symptoms of RTS include poor critical thinking, 
difficulty making decisions, decreased self-worth, um, a difficulty building strong relationships. This was something I had a hard time with. Everything was so surface. Um, the Mormon church has a really strong culture of perfectionism. And if you don't live up to that, anything you say that reveals you're a little bit different makes people look at you different and treat you different. If you wear your shorts too short, if you cover uncover your shoulders, if you have a tattoo, you're different and you're treated different. So anytime you do choose to step outside of the norm and do something that's not on the approved list of things, you know, like go have a cup of coffee or have a glass of wine with a neighbor, suddenly you have to keep that a secret now because if somebody finds out about it, you know, they're going to treat you differently and they're going to talk about it because everybody in these religious communities, they, they chitter chatter behind everybody's back and decide to tell everybody's business all the time. It's none of your fucking business what your neighbors are doing. Keep your nose in your own business. Worry about you. Look inward. If you're talking shit about somebody else, you need to look into you because that's about you. It's not about them. And these communities that are concerned about getting in everyone's business and deciding who's going to heaven and who's going where and who's doing what, those are cultures that breed systems of unhealed people. You're not worrying about healing yourself when you're focused on the other person. When you're looking outwardly for other things, you're not healing yourself. And so that's one of the reasons why leaving religious experiences is much like leaving a toxic relationship. It's much like leaving toxic family groups. It's hard, it's traumatic, and it's not an easy experience. Um, a couple other symptoms are sleep issues, eating disorders, depression, and anxiety. Another really big one is sexual dysfunction. Um, I actually have kind of a funny story about that. So in Provo, there is a private college there called Brigham Young University. And it's predominantly Mormon. You even get a discount if you're Mormon. Um, and they have uh, BYU approved housing everywhere. And there was this one apartment complex that was approved for young married couples, like brand new married couples. And um, it was a big joke that there was fertility in the water at that one particular complex because people would move in, they'd get pregnant right away, and then they'd have to move out of there because that wasn't a place for kids. It was a place that was only approved for couples. And um, I had a friend that was living in those apartment complex, and they heard um, their neighbors through the wall because the walls are really, really thin. And you'd always hear your neighbors. And they had these one set of neighbors that every single day, for five days, every month, they would say a prayer, sing a hymn, and in the prayer, they would talk about how they were sorry for sinning, but they were doing it for procreation, you know, God's plan, the way that he wanted it to be. Then they would fuck, and then they would sing a song and say a prayer and then ask for forgiveness for what they did, but saying they only did it for the means of procreation. How traumatized are those human beings about sex that is sexual dysfunction right there there's nothing about that that is healthy and how often does stuff like that happen in a religious community or where a girl is told that she has to protect her purity beyond everything even saying the men are out there aren't going to take care of themselves. They're not going to manage their emotions. So you have to manage their emotions. You're in charge of how everybody perceives you. 
we're constantly put on guard and then they don't really talk about sex. Don't t- really tell us what to expect, but tell us that we're wrong and dirty for doing it. And then on your wedding night, you're just supposed to become this like porn star slut for your husband. And then when you're not, all of a sudden you guys have all kinds of issues because you didn't have sex beforehand. How many women have gone into their wedding night not knowing what to expect just to be completely traumatized by the entire ordeal? And then they're expected to do this duty as their wife every day. That's a traumatic experience and labeling it as anything else is irresponsible. So one of the ways I wanted to combat religious trauma is to start with that relabeling process I've talked about in previous episodes. I've talked about reframing the way we look at things. And today I wanna start right at the very beginning. And I'm gonna use the Genesis creation story for this relabeling. Because in the beginning, God created earth and the sky and he created the multitudes of heaven and he looked at it all and he said it was good. And he decided he wanted to put people here and give us an opportunity to come down here and have life experiences and, and take these tests and do these things. And in order to do that, there was a battle in heaven of how we were going to do it. It was a big decision. Lucifer, the great scientist, he wanted a controlled experiment. He wanted to control every single person and say, you do this and you do that. And we have these rules in place and people are only allowed to do things this way. That's because the gods aren't capable of darkness. It's our duality that makes us alchemy and we're volatile. We don't fully understand and have control over our abilities, but it's the magic inside us that makes the song of creation. And that's what Lucifer wanted to have control over, is the ability to control the creations. But God wanted us to have a choice. He wanted us to understand our duality, to learn who we are and control our abilities. One thing I loved about the Mormon church was that they had believed that we had the ability to become gods ourselves, that we were gods in embryo. And if that was true, which from what I saw on the other side it is, How can you do that without learning to truly progress? And if you think about it, with the gods not being capable of darkness the way that we are, we could progress farther even than them and surpass them, which is why Lucifer wanted to control the creations. But it was God's gift to us to have the choice, to be able to make choices for ourselves and learn our own magic and figure out who we are on the inside. And like any good father, he wants his kids to have better than he had. He wants us to progress farther and do more and have more. I know I want that for my children. They fought a whole ass war and cast Satan down to earth and then put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. This is where shit gets interesting. And this is where I want to start thinking about things a little different. God just gave us this beautiful ability to choose and put us in the Garden of Eden. And the first thing we hear is obey blindly. Then he gives one rule. Don't eat from that tree. Have you guys ever taken a cookie from a toddler and set it in front of them on the table and said, don't touch that cookie and walked away? What does human nature dictate that they do? They go and sneak the cookie and hide in the other room and then they eat it. And then when you ask them about it, they say, it was me. But if you tell the kid, 
don't eat the cookie right now. We're going to have dinner and then you can have the cookie afterward as a treat. More likely, they're going to wait for the cookie because it was explained to them. And then it was their choice to wait for it because then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to get in trouble for it. And I can still get the cookie. This is great. Win win. They made that choice for themselves. It was a logical decision. Adam and Eve were given a choice like that without the explanation, remembering that they were like children so much, in fact, that they didn't even realize that they were naked. They were basically babies. Now, remember, the entire war in heaven was so that they could have a choice. And the very first thing they hear is obey. Then Eve hears another voice telling her to partake from this tree. And I was reading in the book Meditations on the Tarot, and this quote stood out to me. He said, She therefore heard two voices, two inspirations arising from contrary sources. Here is the origin and principle of doubt. Doubt is twofold inspiration. Faith is a single inspiration. Obedience, the principle of obedience, is devotion without reserve to a voice from above. Now, the very fact that she listened to another voice than that from above, and she compared the two voices, i.e. considered them as if they belonged on the same plane, and therefore she doubted, this very act was an act of spiritual disobedience and was the root cause and beginning of the fall. But that's the part I really want to bring into question right now. Was it really a fall? All this time, we're saying we fell from grace. We fell from the Garden of Eden. And Eve was blamed for the fall, and women have been punished for the fall ever since. But was the real folly the idea that she disobeyed and ate the fruit? Or did she do what we were programmed to do and make a choice? She wasn't a disobedient child She was a grown-ass woman who decided it was time to make choices for herself. And then she used logic to explain to her husband why he should make the same choice. And he did. But when the great scientist came back to them and said, You disobeyed me. You didn't do what you were told. They felt shamed. And they lied. Like a child does when you shame them for making a choice that you didn't explain to them why they shouldn't do it in the first place. Maybe the biggest deception of the world comes from assuming the idea of God defeated Satan. But Satan wanted a controlled experiment and God wanted us to have agency. So why is it that God is demanding so much obedience of his children that they're willing to go out there and torture their own children to stop them from being gay. That they're willing to force a young girl to suffer months of pregnancy and then a lifetime of mental trauma because she was traumatized by somebody else. Maybe the biggest deception of man is thinking they've been following God the whole time when they've been following the great scientist. They've been following Lucifer. Maybe you need to relook at the way that you've been thinking about things this entire time, because if at the very beginning, the very first choice, obey or make choices based on logic and information, and the world decided to choose obey, 
Maybe we are the discarded one-third. Maybe we can get back to the other two-thirds. Maybe you should think about it like that. <laughs>